Welcome to Black Girl Banter, a podcast where I, your favorite Black girl, shoots to shoot with my friends. And today, y'all, I have two very incredible, phenomenal women who inspire me to be better, to do better, to work more. But I'm gonna let them speak. I'm gonna let them tell y'all all their tea. So y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves. Oh, okay. Hey, everyone. It is the one and only the Little the Bell Mimi Nava, and I am a freelance journalist. I currently work for Theater Magazine and uh, ABJ, which is the Land Association of Black Journalists, and I'll currently be working with Facebook this summer as a Facebook fellow. Cool. Um, I always say I'm a storyteller no matter the medium, so I may write, I may do visuals, and I might speak. So it's always depends on how I feel for the day. Period. Yes, girl. And hello, everyone. My name is Mia Diamond. I am a freelance writer with bylines in Teen Vogue, Essence, and Grazia USA, as well as OK Player. Um, I call myself a cultural documentarian, um, and I just love telling Black stories and putting Black stories on center stage. I know that's right. I live. As y'all can see, two women. You heard, okay? Very much extensive portfolios, getting to the positions, the titles, you know, the vibes. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get into the quote of this episode. People romanticize the plans, but dread the execution. The magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. And that comes from Bree Steves. Now, one more time for the people in the back. People romanticize the plans, but dread the execution. The magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. And again, that comes from Bree Steves, who is a fire rapper. Please go check her out. It's very easy. Nowadays, a lot of people talk about, you know, manifestation, manifestation, manifestation. And I feel like that is a beautiful thing. Yes, you definitely have to speak things into existence, what you want, your dreams, your goals, whatever. But baby, faith without works is dead. So you can have the plan, the goal, all of those things, and it may come to you and you don't even have to lift a finger. But more often than not, like you got to at least put a little bit of work in. Like you got to do a little bit to get there. And it's not that bad. I don't think it's that bad. I honestly think that manifestation is such a powerful tool to imagine yourself in that space to see yourself so oftentimes like we close our eyes we're like okay that can't be me but it's such a powerful tool to subconsciously put that image in your head that that's going to be you and the work just backs it up like you can't just be imagining all day girl you gotta go out and get something now I I agree with her because what I and I I don't like to talk about people badly but if I see you you know I'm the person that's like I gotta let you know what's up (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. if I know you and I like you enough I gotta let you know what's up because what kind of person I would be if I don't let you know what's up and that's just no. how I feel so when I see people they're like oh I'm manifesting or oh, making these vision boards it's like okay but have you thought out have you thought the application have you talked to anyone that may that can help you get there because I'm the type of person it's like I don't know how to get there but I'm gonna find somebody who will we about to go in here and just period something. About to go talk to head of such and such department and be like, hey, y'all know some people that can do this and this. I always feel like the reason why I got to where I am now is because I ask those type of questions. And usually, if you show enough interest and you do good work, you can get recommended. You can get put in those right. just by talking to people and asking questions. And I think that it's fine to do the, the vision board. I'm not against it. I think it's great that we are being more proactive about getting the things that we want in life. 
don't forget the active part. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, you're a professional at making these vision boards, but ain't nothing, ain't nothing, you ain't done nothing. Like, you can't put a check mark by none of the pictures, nothing, because you just sat up here, you're making, you're on your fourth vision board, but you haven't got one internship. I understand people be like, well, if it's for me, it will not miss me. True, but at the same time, it might just miss you because you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. You ain't talked to nobody. You haven't put yourself in any space by just being strategic. And I think we, you know, we go to school to talk about networking. networking. That's mm. They're not actually like giving you the rundown of like, okay, well, if you want to do this, 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 find a student at the school you want to go to for grad school. Find a student right. see what you're doing. We all on social media, DM them. Tell them, hey, I want to talk to you. I actually have this and this project going. Have something going. Have like a, I don't know, a case study, a thesis, some project going that you want to show them to get feedback because right. getting the feedback from people like that and just people who are already in the spaces you want to work for, that's already a plus. And if they co-sign your work, that's a plus. And they're thinking about you. You have to play right. people are thinking about you and know you exist. And I think a lot of artists get mixed up with like, oh, I'm not going to release anything. You don't have to. You can just show them a private link of what you've been working on and let them know that like, I currently haven't released this yet because I feel like, you know, I'm not ready. But I right. still, like I still want to get better. Because if you're not ready, that means you're in the process of bettering up whatever it is you're releasing. So when it comes out, it can actually be lucrative to you and your brand. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. People are going to understand that regardless if they're true artists. And they're not going to judge you for it. Just show that you have work and you show that you want to be seen and heard at the same time. But part of that is putting it out, though. Like part of sh- part of doing the work is applying yourself. And you can't really apply yourself if you don't apply yourself like you can't you know opportunities may fall into your lap like I said without looking your finger but you gotta put yourself in a position to get that opportunity you have to put yourself in a position for people to want to put you on to certain things are you putting yourself on and don't even know it so like Mm -hmm. just get up get out and get something baby period I'll catch it that is a perfect segue into our Kiki for this episode. Um, working, working, work, work, don't stop. Um, beautiful song, beautiful song. But unfortunately, we live in a society where overworking is just like the norm. And it's something that like people think is beautiful and that we should all be striving to overwork ourselves. Mm-hmm. What, how do you guys define overworking? Like, what is overworking to the both of you? I feel, and I just, I literally was just talking about this today. I wrote a story on, like, Naomi Osaka and her, like, wanting to withdraw from the French Open because of, like, her mental um, health issues. And so I was like, how that was just an extraordinary act of self-preservation in a society that tells you that, like, adhering to professionalism will literally, like, save yourself no matter what. And so I think literally overworking is saying that if I continue to push myself, it doesn't matter about my mental health. Like my mental health can language because my public like accomplishments can somehow be like some sort of cure for like my private anguish. And that's what overworking is to me, like not having that boundary for myself and saying like, okay, girl, well, if you just go get this next internship, I promise you we can talk about depression later. Well, if you just go get this next position, I promise we could deal with our anxiety like the next month. And so that's literally pushing off like my wellness, my healing for a capitalist society. That's what overworking is to me. 
Because sometimes I'll be struggling with boundaries and stuff. And I just be like, okay, girl, well, if we just finish this planner today, we can just talk about you being sad and sick and really want to drop out of school and all this other stuff tomorrow. And pushing away your healing for something like for your job or even for just even some of your relationships to me can be overworking. And that's mm-hmm. a whole other discussion for another day. But when we're talking about our absence of boundaries, because we think that professionalism and like getting these accolades that are public for people literally puts above everything else. And that's not true. And that's a lie that we're taught since we're young. Literally. I definitely thought that too, though. I definitely feel like I was at a point where to me, overworking means that you're just doing too much. Like in simplest terms, you're doing too damn. You're, you're doing, doing too damn much. You need to sit down. Like you're doing more <laughs> that you can handle. And a lot of times it's like, we know we can't handle it. We know like, girl, you know, you hungry. Why are you still typing? You know, you thirsty. You know, you got to pee. Why, you, why are you going to just press five? Four o'clock in the morning, them folks ain't going be happy that you broke your neck like girl they don't care like just go to sleep and wake up the next day like and like, i feel like tomorrow you told yourself it's gonna be done today just so you can look better girl you told me that shit's done tomorrow like girl because it's tomorrow 4 a.m is tomorrow baby tomorrow is the same at 4 a.m as it's gonna be at 12 o'clock but that's what we're taught since we're younger like the early bird gets to burn while you sleep with somebody else eating and girl when i was younger i was like the hell ain't nobody gonna be else eating when i'm sleeping girl i'm gonna be all right with they ass make no, sure really. I'm as them and so like this idea like the fear of missing out on opportunity like oh mm-hmm. my god well, i gotta do this right now and i gotta keep overworking myself because i'm gonna miss out and i'm a big proponent on what for you won't pass you up like girl take your ass to bed god Same. got your blessing tomorrow like he's oh, omnipotent omnipresent like it's gonna be there I said pouring, look, pouring into everyone else's cup and not filling up your damn mm-hmm. cup. Meaning that mm-hmm. you're taking your free time to work related stuff because you have a fear of just not getting, being successful. Like she was talking about, like not being successful. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I think this semester, like I really took on a lot. And it was only because I know that sophomore year, I got to do a lot, but not as much as I wanted. I was like, okay, so like this is crunch time. I graduate next May. This is crunch time. So like junior year, I really, I really took on a lot of things. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm don't get me wrong. That was a time where I wished that like I did have people reach out to me wanting to do stories. I was just something that I wish that I wanted people to reach out. You know, see me and notice like, okay, I'm good with this. You want my like, you want me for this. I had to realize that like this is one of the reasons why I stopped my business is because. I had a business idea, fine, great, but also I didn't really, I didn't really mentally prepare myself for the business. So mm. kind of, we ask for a lot of shit, but we don't be asking ourselves, are we prepared to like take on that? And yeah. at first I was like, yeah, prepared, but at the same time, when, when my idea wasn't working and nothing was happening, now the YouTube views looked all right, the podcast views, they stayed going up, but I'm not selling anything. I said, damn. Mm. And I had to stop because I was like, I'm running myself ragged because I'm realizing that like my first idea for this brand wasn't the best idea. In most businesses, their first idea never pops. Their first idea is usually their recent release because they're in a place to where that is better, well received. And it's just all about timing. And I was like, yeah, I gotta stop this. Like I said, I gotta stop the business. Cause like for me, nothing was like, People would visit the website but not buy anything. I was like, dang, what am mm. I doing wrong? And it wasn't like I was doing anything wrong. It's just that not this demographic, not this crowd. 
And I know that I want to cater to my own demographic first. Because that's mm-hmm. what I made it for. So I realized that I was overworking myself and I was kind of like, it's kind of like you're running in place. You're going nowhere. Because you're trying to turn your gears, trying to make something work, but it's not the time. And that at the time was overworking because I was still also working for other people. And I kind of had to bite my bullet, kind of take my pride a little bit down, knock it down because I didn't feel like I should work for people. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I still have to learn from somebody. I still gotta learn from somebody. I still have to learn from people who know more than me. I have to surround my people with people who know more than I know and are doing the things that I wanna do. Mm-hmm. And I can't be too stuck up or too, feel like I'm too good to collaborate and work with people. Even if that means that, okay, like, yeah, I don't know nothing about this. I can't ask to be paid because I know nothing about this. That's how I feel. Everybody's different. I was like, okay, I don't know nothing about this. I was like, Okay, oh, internship with Nikita, bad, that's exposure, bad, cool. I know people now that can probably hook me up with some people in New York. That's what they at. That's mm-hmm. where I'm part. And that's where most, I'm seeing that's where most of the jobs are. So I said, I have to be strategic about this. Right now, the money's not going to be here now, but the money's going to be here later. And all I have to do is really just keep talking with these people, keep doing good work with them. But at the same time, I had to shift my, where I was working, what I was putting emphasis on. I feel like for me, overworking, I put emphasis on the wrong shit. And I'm stressed out because it ain't do. I be stressed out because it's not doing what I want it to do. But I'm like, actually, I'm putting emphasis on the wrong shit. I'm stressing myself out about the wrong things for no yeah. reason. And it's and it, it's not supposed to happen right now. And I didn't take yeah. heed to that. So I'm over here just, I'm keep working. I keep trying to beat it in. And it's like, I'm draining myself because I'm trying to make something that's not, that's not supposed to be working right now, work. work. And it's like, mm-hmm. and that's so tiring. Because, you, know, you know, we have a lot of ideas and things, but I feel like sometimes the universe, God, or whoever you worship, tells us that that's, that we don't need to do that right now. That's not the right mm-hmm. time. We might need to go and learn a few things, do a few things, get up a few little bylines, or the place by working, and not be paid for a while to just really show, like, all right, what's your skill talking about? What are you talking about? Who are you? Introduce your, reintroduce yourself to people who may not know yeah, and kind of take that as it is. You're making stuff work that shouldn't be working right now because it's not time for it, and you're stressed. But <laughs> take my take my take my message. And, and and you know sometimes we don't take heed to the things. They'll be right in front of us and they'll tell us like it's not the time for that right now. But we keep working, mm-hmm. and we wonder why we're stressed, we're drained because we keep putting our energy to things that just aren't meant to be moved yet. And it's like, why, wow, girl? I definitely dealt with something similar but not exactly the same with listening to black women because I what my problem was I felt like I could do it all myself mm-hmm. I could run the Instagram start the Twitter get everything together put out editorials start YouTube do podcasts and nobody was gonna help me like I felt like I could just keep doing all these things consistently and it was gonna be good girl that lasted a cute couple months <laughs> I definitely quickly got very much drained. I very much learned that some things I just was not good at, like some things I just couldn't do. And I needed somebody else with that expertise to help me. And honestly, that was partially a reason why I got into therapy, because I realized, damn, I have a real problem with asking people for help, like whether it's 
friendship, relationship, whatever, but more so career because I'm so passionate about Black women. I'm passionate about the work that I do. Like, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. And I really will want to fight you behind this for real, for real. And it wasn't giving, like, bring somebody else and create this big team and then somebody else not have the same passion or somebody else have acid. And now I want to cuss you out, but I can't do that because still it was just a lot. And all that to say that now I know that, like, listen to Black women. I love it. It's my passion project. But I understand now that it is just that, a passion project. Like, it is something that I want to grow and to build and be this beautiful thing. But I was trying to make it so many different things and do so much. And it was like, let's simplify it a little bit <laughs> and work as much as we can. But yeah, it just, it, it was giving, calm it on down. Honestly, <laughs> it was. So I was trying to build an empire and I was like, just start with a community. You ain't got to try to do have seven different departments and make you a social media manager slash director slash managing editor slash writer slash xyz you know and yeah. i feel like you an amazing job like and that's the thing that i think is just so interesting is that we overwork ourselves because we're so fascinated with our personal idea of like what we should look like like oh i'm never good enough but i want to tell you like you are doing the shit with list of black women like it does not have to be no damn like five department as business it can be just the Instagram page and we still feel like a community in a digital space when you post your articles and when you post all the amazing things that you guys are doing so girl clap up for yourself you really do inspire that Mia because like you don't understand book club be doing it girl I'll be doing it for me like it's an interchangeable doing it because I'll be like wow I'm just a moderator like they be fueling my life girl no you give us like like you know that one meeting where I came in and I was like you know going through it and I needed y'all to just feel me but regardless book club is a community like book club showed me that like all that shit all these different people and, and these numbers and engagement all that shit is great but can you get people on a call to talk at 10 p.m. about just real <laughs> shit about like black women and our experiences and just be honest and vulnerable with 20 people that you don't even know for real? Yes, but I, I don't care if book club never get a thousand followers. I it will. My 40 girls every month for nobody else, like in the entire world. Like in that, I think literally what you just said made me so happy and like literally speaks to the power community because the girls that I mess with they don't give a shit about likes they don't care if book club got followers no. or not they gonna hop on a call and go about their day like and that them having that impact that means more than my analytics or my engagement book club can have two followers and we're gonna be fine because we're gonna rise period. to the okay period and I would be on every call no I think um, it's just I was like you that's how I was like I was like you I was trying to make Listen to them both, you know, which was just a YouTube channel. And then I realized, okay, the podcast is doing much better than the YouTube. I said, let me take it off YouTube. And I was like, okay, but I don't know what to talk about no more. I got really into a rut with Alyssa the Bell because being on social media, you know, people would be like, I thought you were a social media influencer. I'm like, no, no. I just want you to leave me alone. I want you to leave me the hell alone. Stop commenting on my shit. Stop sending me DMs about all these random bastard deals. And like, y'all not going to pay nobody. Y'all not finna pay nobody. Stop calling me. Stop talking to me. And I got really just kind of, I think what people don't understand is that like, I've had this page since I was 17 and I built where I built it myself. Mm-hmm. With 
no type of knowledge of social media marketing, no type of knowledge of hashtags. I learned everything trial and error. There were some pictures that did three likes because I gave 50 hashtags that had nothing to do with pictures. You know, like it's stuff like that I learned. And you know, you learn. And you learn from other people who have more followers than you. No, when you were saying like you were trying to like make it so big and huge, like that was really what I was trying to do. Like people hear like, oh, a podcast, a blog, and one of them's gonna do better than the other. Rihanna, for example, she has lingerie, mm-hmm. she has skincare, she has makeup, three different businesses. Now imagine she would have compacted all that into one and called it Fenty, just the house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't have been as well received. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay to break shit up. You get your money three different ways. You get your money four or five different other ways. You know, the money is going to be there. It's just how we present it. Because people are like, oh, you're going to have a page for each and every bitch you have. Why not? Brianna doing it. And it's just getting her porn four different ways. And then don't get me started with the music. So you can do it's different. Yeah, which I'm mad about. Keep going. <laughs> Hello. So, you know, let, leave her alone. She making money, money. Because she ain't got time to sit here arguing with these record labels about pay me my money, all my stuff out. Because you saw what they did to her and auntie. They put her stuff out the way she didn't want it. And I don't have an attitude to it. I want more shit else. <laughs> you did my album. You, honestly, I hate, they did her album the way they did it because they knew it would be successful. And you kind of mm. have to see the way people want to play with your work. You got to step away. And I get, and I, that's why I'm not trying to force her to release something else because the industry, it's not guaranteed money. She got smart. She said, okay, I need something that I like. I'm passionate about fashion. I'm passionate about makeup. I want to give black women something that, because I never could find my shade of makeup. I would be mixing shit together. Mm-hmm. And when Fenty came out, I said, okay, bet. Couldn't buy it because I couldn't afford it for real yet. Then I saw Matt come out. I said, oh, y'all all want to come out with all this now for me? And y'all, y'all didn't care about me. Y'all didn't care about folks that look like me. I bought it anyways because it was, it was <laughs> I wish, I honestly, like you said, but the fact that her impact, it may have done none of that. She would have went to go make her next album or and try to like merge all of that together or partner. It would have never been the same. So like, she broke up her things and broke up the things she wanted to do and took a break. She proved that she was good at music. So now she's gonna prove that she's good in the fashion world. Victoria's Secret ain't got no fashion. It's a Savage X Fenty fashion. Um, folks are now looking to Fenty on how to do shades for darker people and paler people because of what she put out. Because she broke, she she found out what formula was. So you, I always feel like, and I've seen this, you can do different lanes. It's just make sure you've put in enough time to pay your dues and prove that you are of that you're of value that your stuff is here for quality purposes and then you can move on to the next thing once you feel like you have nothing else to give you can move on to the next thing and your work will still be respected in that category people are afraid of breaking shit up because of that they're like well they're gonna think like okay if i'm doing this and doing this no don't do them at the same time do that one dedicate the time you will know when your time has passed you will know when it's time to take a break and move on to something else there's nothing wrong with that. I see people do that all the time. And the fact that she's running them all, but she leaves them at different times, that's my point. You're breaking things up. You're staggering things apart because she knew if I merged this together, it's going to be stressful. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be giving what it's giving now. And I think that we have to definitely take that same approach because even the big people, people that are famous that we look up to, they do it. They'll break mm-hmm. it up, stagger the releases until they feel like this. You see that it works, you're gonna follow all four of them accounts. <laughs> because she's reintroduced herself as is. People were doubting her laundry line until now, same people that doubted her, the same people that don't have a fashion show. 
the same people that's buying it. No shade. And want to be influencers. Everybody want to be an ambassador now. Everybody want to be a Savage X champion. Girl, if she hear this, Robin, girl, send me something. I promise you I will make the best photo shoot out of wherever I can in my house, girl. Something just in the package. Me and this ring light, we'll get right. Girl, we going to make some, we going to make some work for you. We're going to make a shake. No, I order Savage X Fenty once a month myself. And my friends, though, though, I'm like, I got my package. They said, oh, put them on, show us. Bro, imagine... <laughs> Especially everyday people. Everyday people need to see everyday people wearing that stuff because I yeah. I have some people like I still got Victoria's Secret because I I saw some of her stuff. They didn't look as cute. I was like, no, you're looking at the stuff that people that she's putting out just for us to see for like mm-hmm. social media and all that. We are going to actual site. Put your size and put your stuff in what you feel like. You like lace? You don't like lace? It's something for everybody on the site. It's just she can't show all that to us. You gotta go look. I was just going to say that I love the fact that you brought Rihanna up because Rihanna is somebody that, like you said, is in so many different lanes and doing so many different things. And it reminds me of what you tweeted a while ago, Mia, about being booked and busy. Um, You said, I'm always working, always booked and busy, quote unquote, but that is not a flex by any means. A flex will be me being able to rest and not not have to say yes to every opportunity because I'm settled into my career. Now, we are all grateful for the opportunities that we have. And, you know, we we thank the girls. We (laughs) we do. But how do y'all honestly feel about booked and busy? Being booked and busy, people calling you booked and busy. Like, how do y'all feel about this? Mm, that's something that I feel like we've been indoctrinated to believe, to be a part of this hustle culture. I always look at Beyonce. I'm a Virgo, so I love Beyonce. I just feel like, you know, Queen B, Queen Mia, same. Those are synonymous. So I always look at Beyonce and her ability, like, just little things like you know in the beginning Beyonce was everywhere like everywhere you turned when you were looking at the like the early 2000s she was everywhere performing everywhere and then now my girl declined to be a tier word she declined the Grammys she declines this and she's able to decline since that no longer serves her because she's at a place where she can sit and relax and so I just hate how we teach young kids especially in social media and I've definitely fall victim to it I see 19 year olds with a Tesla I seen the girls getting the houses, getting these high-rise apartments. I'm like, okay, girl, you need to go home, go ahead and get you some more jobs. You need to get you about three jobs so you can be where they're at. And so there's this idea that I have to hustle, hustle, hustle to like attain this social image. And that's at the expense of my mental health. And that's at the expense of me. Like, do you really love every single thing that you do? Like, I literally have like renewed this commitment that if it does not serve me, I don't want it near me. And that may say I may have to turn down some jobs, but literally when I was booked and busy, I was at my lowest. Like last semester, I was booked and busy and I booked and busy myself into an anxious depression. And then I had to come home this semester and this semester I came home and was like doing stuff online and not being on campus. And I was like, I literally felt humiliated because I used to hold myself up to a social standard. Like I put validation. And once again, you've talked about this, Kiana, and I believe it was like on a show that you watched, but um, if you live for their validation, you'll die of their criticism. And I was mm-hmm. so afraid, even though nobody knew I was home, even though nobody knew that like I was at my house taking classes or whatnot, like I was like, wow, I feel humiliated. I can't be on campus that I'm so like, 
you know, wrapped up into a debilitating anxiety that I can't like fulfill everything. Like I literally felt ashamed and I said, okay, when I'm home, I'm going to overwork myself. Like I'm not going to miss a beat. And I still was trying to hold myself to this idea of being booked and busy, keeping up an image that my soul literally didn't care for. Like I literally thought to myself, I said, girl, how are you going to be a free spirit, but you caring about what everybody else thinks or somebody else's perception Ooh. and booked and busy literally is just put like, it literally puts you in this glass house that's ready to crumble. Like at any time somebody criticizes you, girl, you is going down. Like the booked and busy isn't for yourself. It's for these people. And once I stopped living for these people, girl, I was so much better. I don't care about being booked and busy. If my kids want to live on a farm, if I want to live on a farm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do what makes me happy. Um, I'm going to quit the job. I'm a pro quitting, um, pro giving up whatever no longer serves and cultivates your space to really be authentically who you are. Literally. And I'm going to tell you, sis, you're that girl. First of all, that, first of all, let me let me give you the, the kudos, the props, all of it. Regardless of who may tap in and feel like, oh, you know, she's not, she's, she's not. No, girl, you're doing it. And that's just that on that, whether people see it. That was a false idea in my head. Like I literally thought to myself I, one day, I said, now, why would you think not, not, not trying to be self-deprecating, but why would you think you were that important in somebody else's life? They would think one day and say, dang, Mia not working. That is an imaginary facade. And then I realized I have people like you and my family who loves me. And it's like, yeah. about their validation. What about their validation? You worried about them and they're not even worried about you. You know, I will pour into you every chance I can't like you know I live for you and you two me me like both of y'all know that I live for y'all so it's like any time that I can let you guys know that y'all are the shit you are the shit but I I definitely feel you in that sentiment of like doing it all and realizing that it wasn't it because that's honestly how I got into a really deep dark spell as well like i realized I had major depressive disorder, like on some real shit. And it came from me doing social media with her campus, being a social media director, starting off really low key, being one of the only people on the social media team posting for real, like no shade, love my team. But like, there was a time where we were very small and it was only so many of us. So I had to do a lot. And then getting interns and then having to, you know, deal with that transition of people who, you know, are not really as skilled in social media and having to teach them. And it was a beautiful thing. Grateful for it. But all of it was stressful on top of school, on top of at the time I was doing freelance for Industry News Mag, on top of um, listening to Black women. Like it was entirely too much for your girl. Like, girl, you was being burdened by all Literally. those things. You realize when stuff that you love become burdens, that is when you have to, like, reevaluate. Like, when I was writing and I was like, oh, my God, I do not want to do this shit. I was like, hold on. Six-year-old Mia loves writing. We love Literally. writing. It feels more like a task, like a burden, rather than, like, a challenge or something that excites me. I have to take a step back because I can't be being, you know, stretched and pulled in all these different ways. Exactly. That, that, that. I learned that lesson from my shiro. Shout out to Scotty Bean. We love Scotty. My good sister quit her job off a Nina Simone documentary and just realized that this, that what she was doing was making her physically sick and that she really did not want to do it. And she had to put it down. She put down hip hop. Like if you notice, if you really been like tapped into Scotty, she was into hip hop for a while. 
but she put down hip hop because right now the girl's really just not giving enough for her to be as passionate and she doesn't have that love for it. So she put it down. And that was an incredible lesson that I learned from her because it's like, that's real. Some of the things that you are really passionate about, you will get to a point where you don't really love it as much as you used to, because if you're, if you're actively, you know, working in that passion, Girl, you gonna get tired, and then you are gonna be like, "I don't want to do none of this." And then it's like, "Wait a second. All the girls told me if I follow my dreams, I'll just be happy forever." And the reality hits you, and you realize that, like, just as a natural human being, you're going to get aggravated. You're gonna get tired. You're gonna get stressed, and you gotta put it down. That doesn't mean forever. That doesn't mean you ain't never gonna do it again. It just means. Give her a break. But I love it because I feel like so often we don't think that we can shift our focus. And that's why now I've been so big on cultivating Mia Diamond as Mia Diamond and not Mia Diamond that works for XYZ because those organizations and those corporations will fire my ass and I'll be Mia Diamond without a job. And then I don't, I don't want to feel like, oh, my success has left. And so I feel like it's so important to be able to shift your focus at any time. I think that's the brilliance and the extraordinaire behind being creative. Okay. I don't want to write no more. Now I want to go into documentary. See y'all later. And I should not feel guilty about I should not feel good to be able to say, I'm going to put that to the side. I'm going to start something new and start afresh. Like, it is so okay, like you said, to say, okay, I don't like hip hop no more. But I still know that I'm still great. And because I don't like hip hop, I'm not forever indebted. My success is not forever indebted to hip hop. I can be successful in other places because I am just Mia or I'm just Scotty and like you, Kiana and Mimi. Like, I'm just that girl, regardless of whatever door that I enter. Period. And that's why I say I'm in my bio, because I think at first my bio reminds me where I had like journalists, you know, all this little cute stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm a still storyteller no matter what. Like, I want to do film, I want to write for film. Still telling the story. I want to do documentaries. Still telling the story. I want to do interviews. Still telling the story. Anything I'm doing, I'm still telling the story. Mm-hmm. So like, I had to really keep it simple. I'm telling the story. I'm a storyteller. No matter what medium it is, put a camera in my hand, we're going to do something. Put a phone in my hand, we're going to do something. Put a computer in my hand, we're going to do something. Either way, I'm still going to do what I am supposed to do. And that's mm-hmm. what you tell a story. And I think when you said, like, yeah, we appreciate all of the, you know, the work and things like that, I need someone to tell me that, like, you don't have the energy for that job or that project. You don't have the energy for that said article right now. I need someone in my corner to say that. Yeah. And I think that's how I feel about Booked and Busy. I need someone in my corner to let me know because don't get me wrong, I love being busy when I like everything that I'm doing. But I need someone to tell me, hey, maybe you don't need to take that project right now. And don't feel guilty if you don't take it. Don't feel guilty if you decline. Don't feel guilty mm-hmm. if you're not putting out five bylines a week because you saw someone else who just got a team vote. Don't feel guilty for that. Quality over quantity. Because we are so taught to think, like, if we're not putting out all these, we, we're, we're very number-based people. You tell someone, I have 14 bylines with, say, Harper Bazaar. Oh, my gosh, you got 14 bylines with Harper Bazaar? Oh, my gosh. And they'll look at the person that has six. Crazy. But what's funny is that the person that got six, their articles are making the website the website, giving the views the views. But you're worried about her with her 14. You feel like that's better than the person that got six. You're already thinking wrong about everything. So you got to make sure that when you go in, Especially to like big name internships. And I know that we're in that space too where we're going to be working with places that we've read as kids or we've read as teenagers. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel like what happens is we go in with this fan mentality. Because fans are number-based people. You you see the fans and the fans on Twitter, like, oh, so-and-so artist, she got a million streams on Spotify. She's mm-hmm. the first one. They're so quick to do that. We have fan mentalities when it comes to our own stuff, especially working with brands that we looked up to as kids or teenagers. And we fail to have that person around us telling, like, hey, like, your work is already good. It doesn't matter if you have 10 bar lines, if you have five. If your work is good and these three bar lines are it and they're hitting, then your work is still a quality. Like, you being, this is not devalue you as an artist or as a journalist or as a filmmaker or as anything. And I think I saw a post that a filmmaker posted, and he goes to Clark. He said, once I stopped trying to be a good artist, I realized that that was the freedom I needed as an artist. Because we worry so much about trying to be good, and it's like, what is good? Is it good on my terms or is it good because I want to win Oscar or because I want to win a Peabody for my, mm-hmm. for my podcast or I want to be on NPR and win the awards? Or do you want to actually like do something, make an impact? Because I know people would be like, oh, journalism doesn't make me money. I says, it, it does. You have to do certain things. You have to be you. That's what really journalism is, you're just being you. And I think people feel realizes that like even then with professions, they'll look at the jobs that make the six figures coming out of school and they're like, oh, you should go do one of those, you should go major. And it, it trickles down to even for what we, what we pick as a career mm-hmm. because we're so number-based and it's so, and I realized I was like, I got to stop being number-based. I got to stop like, you know, like, I got to stop being ashamed that I chose mass media as my career path. Like, yeah, all my STEM friends are getting these research projects that are for thousands of dollars and they're getting these huge stipends and I'm not doing anything for free. But at the same time, I shouldn't be worried about what they're getting or worried about what's on their plate or worried about what they're doing or what they're eating because I should be worried about, okay, I want to get to that point. I want to get stipends. I want to get this. That means I need to get to work, but also I need to make sure I like the work. I mean, they should, the work is a quality. I can't mm-hmm. just brag about putting out 10 bylines with a place and all the stories are just trash. <laughs> no, I need someone to tell me like, okay, you ain't got to really do all this work. Like, cause I have a very overachieving attitude when it comes to, just anything in school. Mm-hmm. I would make a 95. I was like, that should have been a hundred. So that then they're like number base. hundred. You should have got a hundred. You got 97. Crazy. Should have been a hundred. As I look back at that, I told my mom, I said, Hey, I don't think, I don't know if you notice or not, but you saying that to me didn't help me want to do my best. It made me feel discouraged because this was my best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just didn't like it because you felt you projected off what you wanted for me. You want me to make a hundred, but maybe my best was this 97 and you not accepting that, that hurt me. So mm-hmm. I've been working since up until now for 20 months of my years to get that hundred for you because I want to make you proud. But the same way, I'm not going to kill myself for you. You also have people who live through us, which is why they will say things like that. You can do a great job, but they'll be like, you could have done something a little bit better. Okay, well, you come do it. Mm-hmm. I've gotten got, got sick and tired of hearing that. You come do it. Mm-hmm. And, not get and then it's crickets. And, and not get paid. You're going to have your face stuck out. <laughs> come do what I do, because you ain't going to be put off like me. And you're going to have your face stuck out about it. And go, <sighs> how you do this? Yeah, your face stuck out. You look, man, pissed you off, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had to realize that my parents have never done any of the things that I'm doing. My right. mom didn't graduate from college. She didn't finish. Which is nothing wrong with that. Like I said, nothing wrong with that. But I'm also realizing that the world that I'm in is different from 
them. In a way, I've had outgrown my parents when it comes to that part of my life. I can talk to them about it, but I can't seek help. And that's okay. That's what mentors are for. But I can't seek help. And also, I can't take their criticism too. Uh, with the, I can't take it all with full strength because I know where mm-hmm. they're coming from and what the perspective is. And that's how I do these people. That's how I do these people every time. I learned that my parents are applied it to actual everyday people, realizing that I don't think they really know what I do every day. I don't think they really know what this is all about. And I stopped taking mm-hmm. it. I stopped taking advice so heavy from people when I'm like, okay, are they a journalist? No. Are they a content creator? No. Are they in any realm of what I'm doing? No. Okay, the opinion don't matter. Keep it pushing. Keep it going. Let's go. And that's and doing my own parents like that, not to be disrespectful, but it's just to, uh, for, to protect my damn sanity. I'm not gonna go crazy because you told me, oh, you should have got a hundred. Oh, you should have got 12 outlines with them. Oh, you should have worked six hours for that day. No, fuck all y'all. Y'all not even doing, y'all even know what this shit about. Fuck all y'all. Like, cause y'all don't know what I'm, y'all don't know what I'm doing. Y'all don't know the process. Y'all don't know what the, what what it takes to make the stuff y'all be seen on TV or the stuff y'all be want to look up and read about your favorite person and these covers. These things take time. So I stopped taking advice from people who honestly, who I see don't take the mental health seriously and who aren't mm. doing what I'm doing. Only people who do what I do will understand, yeah, you may not need to take that. Yeah, you may not do that. Hearing that from people who may not be, I, you know, their advice won't be as valid to me. And I've, that's protected my peace because I was yeah. telling everybody about everything and I just be like, oh, and I'll be in my feelings. My, my emotions will just roller coaster every day because I'm listening to my mom and dad who just want me to get a job. But also at the same time, they don't realize that what I'm doing is a job. I just don't have the money yet because it's about experience. It's about getting the muscle memory down. You're not going to pay you if, if it's not natural. I needed someone in my corner to be like, hey, I don't think you need to take that project right now. You don't have to do all this if you don't want to. And then it says keyword if you don't want to. And I started realizing like, okay, I really don't want to. Can we push this back to next week? Right. You know, I would be so afraid of saying that because I thought I was going to be shamed like, oh, she lazy. This is like I feel like my advice was gonna be like she lazy. She could have done it this week, but she didn't. Lazy. Three point five out of t. Like you know, I was afraid of just being labeled as lazy. But realizing that, like, if someone's telling me, "Hey, you don't have to take this if you don't want to," they're letting you know already. Bitch, you're doing too damn much. I don't see how you're doing it because it couldn't have been me. But I'ma just say, mm-hmm. you don't have to take this if you don't want to. That's that's what the code is for. And take yeah. that, especially like I'm so grateful I'm working in internships where like around other black women to where if I say like, hey, I'm on vacation this week, I need to push some stories back to next week. Because my boyfriend, even he'll tell me, he's like, you shouldn't you be doing it right now? Like, I was on a meeting call yesterday. He's like, you're on vacation. Why are you on a meeting call? I said, he said, you could have told them folks you'll see them next week. He said, they oh. didn't really need you today. <laughs> you're not right. Because I am on vacation. I am on vacation. Yeah. I got so I got over the fear of just wanting to push things back because it will get done. And I had to realize like, yeah, it's gonna get done. It's just not gonna get done this week because I don't have time this week. I'm on vacation. Those people are important though. Those people that tell you like that you need to sit down because or not even that you need to sit down, but like people who tell you, like you said, like you don't have to take this. Like you don't, you don't have to, because I even my I had an editor at Industry News Magazine. Shout out to Khadijah. Like, baby, I was going through it. Okay, I was I was going through it. It's this was a time where a lot was happening, and like I just 
I couldn't. Like, I was drained. And I came to her and I was so afraid, like so scared. Because this was really my first like freelance opportunity for real. And I was so afraid. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to tell this lady I cannot do the work. She's going to tell everyone I am the worst journalist of all time. Like this is just the start of my demise. And she, again, Black women doing the damn thing. She was just like, I understand, like take all the time that you need. And even now, like anytime she hits me up about an opportunity or like, anything that she wants me to do she's like you know just let me know like do what you need to do and I feel like that is important because in this whole like culture of work now rest later whatever we we really just want to be successful for real and we want people to know that we want it and some of us adopt that whole, you know, work now, rest later philosophy and use it to rationalize very unhealthy habits. And for me, something that I really had to learn was I have got to stop being afraid that I'm going to miss out on an opportunity. Like, like you said, Mia, earlier, and Alice Walker said, like, hello long ago, what's for me is already on its way to me. So I can't believe that you know, walk in that every day and I'm still afraid. I'm walking around with this fear that, you know, the opportunity that I say no to is the one that's going to put me on. Like, I can't say no to this because this might be it. Like, this might be my opportunity. This might be my dream. And I would not be able to live with me being the reason why I wasn't able to accomplish those dreams and to do everything that I want to do. So for me, I really had to unlearn that. And like, still every day, like, this is not a past thing. This is the present, baby. Right. I still have to figure out, like, I will not figure out, but I still have to deal with that fear and tell myself, like, no, friend, this, you can say no. It's very much okay. And it's incredibly important to have those people around you that will let you know that it's okay to and not make you feel bad because we already be anxious. Okay. Don't don't make it feel worse. Right. But what what could y'all say that y'all could learn to like de-stress or to like, you know, bring peace to yourself? It could be self-care, girl. Because I can't, I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm thinking too, but I can't, I'm gonna just go to my go-to answer. I always say, I sleep. I (laughs) I sleep. Because even on this vacation, I have slept a lot. But also, I'm realizing that, like, it's okay, girl. You ain't got to go out there and do everything, every attraction, every day. every. Because even in vacation, I feel like I do everything. So, like, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. We got to be okay with just what we want to be going as we flow. Because, like, even with, like, traveling, I'm, I will be back. <laughs> I will be back at one point. I can always schedule a trip to go back at such a time. I gotta do everything right now. Like it's gonna go somewhere. Like I, I really have to be telling myself, it ain't got to go nowhere. It ain't gonna pick, pick up legs and run away from me. And I right. had to take that. Like, okay, that's true. Where I'm at right now, like, yeah, I can, um, you know, I slept the whole day today. I needed this rest. I needed to just be somewhere different. We got something different and just rest and just be around friends and just be around my boyfriend. Like he sees me working every day and he just, <laughs> so it's just it's one of those things like I have to like really like just kind of like stop micromanaging as a person with anxiety it's so hard to it's easier said than done I'm like oh just stop micromanaging like no stop micromanaging like I do not have to get up every day on this trip and do go outside and do something my vacation could have just been well spent in the bed and that would have been okay you know like 
ain't gotta take a picture that I'm on a jet ski. I ain't gotta take a picture that I'm at this in this restaurant with the tiki palm trees. Like, I ain't gotta do that. Like, it, if I wanna sleep the whole day and it's only my third day here, I'm gonna sleep. I'm not caring about nothing. I'm gonna sleep. Whatever I wanna do, either we're gonna do it tomorrow or we're gonna get to it tonight. Something. Because, you know, I use vacation as an example today. It's just in life. Anything that you're supposed to do is because you want to do it. Not because someone told you you have to do it or, no, like, you know, like she was saying, like, false narratives, like, all that got to go. And that's why people micromanage, because they have all these narratives of what they think they're supposed to do. It's like, it ain't even that deep, so it ain't even that important. Like, nobody pay attention to that hard. Because if they are, they ain't got nothing else to do. And they, they <laughs> rule it. <laughs> they rule for it. Them folks, you need to block them. Those stalkers, you need to block they worried about your Hello. to where they're helping you micromanage. What do you got to do, sis? Three things that I would do to try to preserve my mental wellness and kind of some advice that I wish I could give myself. One, like you said, micromanaging. Um, I think that I have, even now, like my planner is going to have a whole bunch of stuff. Y'all can't even see, but it's going to have a whole bunch of stuff day in and day out of stuff I have to do. Um, and so like, I started saying, I'm going to do the best that I can today. I do not have to stay up until 4am. Like I'm just going to do Mia's best from 9am to 8pm, whatever's outside of that. I just didn't get done. And if I feel a little bit better that night, I said, okay, I can take on to 12. Okay, we'll do that. But I'm just going to try to, you know, stay in tune with myself and have that intuition like girl you know you need to stop and then secondly what I'm gonna what I've been stopping to do is like conflating things that bring me joy and things that bring me stress so I'll like give you an example like my phone I have to use it all the time to stay on top of news and like do tasks for my editor and so sometimes when I grab my phone in the morning I literally feel overwhelmed like the day has started and so what I've been doing is making sure like my phone or my planner like my planner is my place where I can plan out my dreams but I've also been overwhelming myself I have to like separate the two and say this is where I'm gonna have fun and this is where I'm gonna be a teenager and use Twitter and this is the time that I'm gonna use it for work I'm not gonna like let it flow into the two I say in the mornings when you get on your phone the first thing that you're gonna intake is gonna be something fun don't go in there going through and doom scrolling on Twitter and, and taking all these negative things that continue to make your brain subconsciously believe that your phone is like a place of overwhelming. And same thing with my planner. I try to make sure I keep the two and have like a distinct delineation for my personal sanity. And something that I did not, some advice I didn't take when I was younger, I would say my freshman year, I had a friend who told me, find something outside of journalism. She was like, you're super ambitious. I don't want you to get through burnout. I've suffered through it. And I was like, girl, I'm gonna eat, sleep, and breathe journalism. Like, hell, you talking about like, girl, what the hell? then I realized that I needed to do some shit outside of journalism like girl when you're sad you still think about doing a damn story like I literally thought of last year when we had pro like the massive protest in response to George Floyd I had no other outlet besides writing I didn't have no damn painting I was just sad, reading news and saying, well, let me write about it because I don't have no other way. And now I'm like, okay, in your free time, you're going to start watching YouTube videos. Like everything does that have to be, every moment of your day doesn't have to be a step forward towards your career. Like some things have to be a step forward towards your best self. Like when I get older and I want to retire, to retire me all when I'm 30, girl, you can't be worried about being a journalist. Like I want an identity outside of this. And I think so often like our young, young journalists get so like swept into becoming like just a reporter or just a writer and that's just all you become and like you're this one-dimensional figure and you haven't really nourished the complexity in your community like there's so many people and when you leave journalism I don't want you saying well I don't know myself anymore 
I think life is about refiguring yourself out, but I don't want to lose myself in my career. I can lose myself in many other ways, but I do not want to lose myself <laughs> in capitalism at all, okay? You hit that on the head, baby, because I definitely felt that same way. Like, once I got to Park Atlanta, I was like, oh, all gas, no brakes. You hoes don't know what yeah. y'all about to get. <laughs> yeah. Y'all don't even know, baby. I'm coming through like a motherfucking thunderstorm, and baby... It quickly began to rain, but it was only on me, baby. It was a self-shower, okay? And quite as kept, y'all, I actually started rapping as, like, an outlet. It's not giving EP. It's not giving mixtape. What's crazy, Kiana? Girl, I done made two songs, and I keep performing for my friends, and they ask me to perform at parties. I don't be doing nothing else. I'm not going to put it on SoundCloud, but I'll definitely be like, Yo, it's MD on the track, like, something. Like, Girl, I, need to hit like, I know y'all got something to talk about. I need to hit it. No, baby, no. Like, and shout out to my homegirls, um, Ashley, Corey, Decora, Carly, Jasmine. I probably forgot somebody, but I love all of y'all. But we actually recorded a song just randomly, but that really became my outlet. Was like rapping for real. I also don't necessarily like believe in dream jobs and that whole thing anymore because last year. I'm sorry, but too many of my favorite publications, I found out too much. So I was like, yeah, no, it's not really giving. I'm going to have to really rethink this. And I think that a better focus is on like your end goal and figuring that out. So like 20 years from now, what would you guys like to be able to say you've done or you've achieved that like will fulfill you? I just want to make sure that like, I always say that writing is to, my writing is to encourage, uplift, and inform. That is like a moral code that I live by to just keep my sanity in check. You know, I would love to really just impact people with my writing. Like I want them to read something that I wrote and be like, oh, I didn't know that before until now. I want to make sure people, when they leave, they read one article or see one video or see one anything that they have expanded their perspective to something that they never thought that they would have thought about in that way or in that manner. I want people, I want to be able to like kind of shift people's thinking not in like a forceful way, but in a passive way of like, have you ever thought about this this way? Have you ever seen society in this lens? Well, here's someone that I know that has like, this is their reality. Have you thought about that? Have you considered how you interact with those types of people? Because I'm real big on human interaction and how it trickles down to all the parts of our life. And really letting people realize everyone don't live like you. Everybody don't look like you. How do you deal with that? How are you going to actively you know, pertain that. Because I feel like knowledge is beyond the classroom. You can pick up something and gain knowledge. You can pick up something and gain anything. And I want my things to be, my content to be of value knowledge-wise. Like you learn something, you gain something, you and you apply it to your life so you can be the best version of yourself that you can be. Learn more about me as well. I'm a very personal person. Um, and what I like give to the world, I want people to take that and that be inspiration for them. She um, does work and things like that, how she wants to, like how she also does this, this, and this, like simple things that I may not pay attention to, but other people uh, admire and apply to their life for the sake of their sanity, their mental health. You know, I think it's just like the base of just inspiring other people to really just be the best version of yourself. You only get one life, you get one body. What you do with it, make it count. Make it something that you want to do. And that you love, and you can look back and be like, man, like I, I live the life that I want to live. Because a lot of people don't get to say that. And I think that's what fueled me getting into this career is because all the information filters through media. I want to be that person, like, there's no how to for anything. What do you want to do? 
here's some ways, here's some other things that I've seen from all these people living in real time, real life. Now pick one, whichever one you want to do. Give people choices and realize that there's more to life than what they've just been seeing. I agree. I, um, for myself personally, I've taken service journalism very seriously. And so although I've been doing like entertainment and whatnot, I really want to leave behind a legacy where they say like, this black girl champion black voices and I always say the same thing all the time they say like oh well black reporters are like the voice for the voiceless and I'm just like totally opposite I believe that black reporters are the voice that can amplify the voices that just aren't being listened to you know these people aren't voiceless like these people are literally they're people that are screaming in the streets you know as we've seen last summer they're people who are constantly mobilizing their communities and their local movements we just don't have the sort of like amplification for them to be heard and so I would I just hope that I leave behind a legacy specifically in the south I feel like everybody wants to go to New York and Atlanta but I literally love the idea that the south has something to say I would love the idea of anchoring myself um, in the South and championing our voices. Um, I want to get into covering um, the prison industrial complex. I'm going to release me a couple novels. I don't have a dream career. I just have dreams. And so I hope that I can like do some memoirs. And, you know, I feel like memoirs is just what all the bad bitches do. They just say, you know, here's my life. Take what you can. You know, pop me out a little Michelle Obama becoming. Um, and I just want to leave behind a legacy where they can say that I really documented the culture. Because I think about how, like, when we look at the civil rights movement, if we didn't have somebody documenting those times, we would literally know nothing. And I want to give people as much context as to what happens, no matter what the history books say, no matter what literature says we have documents we have Mia's writing we have these amazing works that she's done um to champion us and after that you know once I retire from journalism I just plan on like being a bad bitch that travels the world take my camera with me you know do a little 60 minute segment here and there probably pop me out a couple little couple super soul Sundays like I'm Oprah and talk to some celebrities and do cool stuff but I just don't want to take life serious I want to take my work serious but I still want to be myself outside of that I don't want to feel like oh my god I'm so fast into my work that anytime I can't do anything else I want to pivot all the time and I feel like if I brand myself as somebody that's constantly pivoting people will adjust they will know get ready for me to do some new shit in two months like she's not going to be stuck in this position anticipate something else because that's what I think of influencers influencers we having brand deals a more Jada start off with a boutique then she started doing photo shoots then she started doing like brand deals then she started doing novels you have never limited her into one box because she has always presented herself as being this duplicitous person with multiple facets to her that's what I want to be accept me as all I am and just know that I believe like I really want to do something for the culture for me I don't really think about journalism uh, in all honesty like when it comes to my dream like end goal I think about black women like mm. at the, the very forefront of my mind I think about my goal when I leave this earth I want black girls black women to understand and to know and to believe truly genuinely honestly wholeheartedly believe that they deserve they deserve protection they deserve compassion they deserve grace they deserve success they deserve all those different things I want black girls to be able to thrive to live like we so often are forced into survival mode at very young ages. And it's like, for me, as long as I have breath in my lungs, I will make sure that Black girls and Black women are achieving and are understanding that they don't have to be in survival mode, girl. You can live. Joy is there. You can experience yes. joy and you deserve it. And even though all these different people, these institutions, whatever the case may be, may tell you and may force you to overwork and all these other things that are literally affecting your health but at the end of the day you don't have to do that friend 
You don't have yeah. to. And you you don't deserve that. You do not deserve that. Literally, that is my end goal. And to make sure that Black women feel loved and feel appreciated that their achievements and their accomplishments, they understand are important. You, Mia, like, like I said, pouring love into you, pouring love into you, Mimi, like both of y'all know as long as I am here, you will have somebody in your corner. You will have somebody who is championing you. You will have somebody who is going to be there for you. You need me on a podcast you need me to be Girl, interviewed yeah. I'm here like it's it's never a question because at the end of the day so much of what like we want to do in our dreams as young black girls it comes down to like other people we just want y'all to see us and to hear us and if people don't see you and hear you and people aren't really there to help you it's just like damn well I'm just gonna give up because it don't matter anyway like nobody cares no baby Kiana cares I care I'm here and if you need anything I got you for life. And that's period. That's what I want. But I also have learned that, girl, <laughs> that's my end goal. But some women who are also Black do not carry that same philosophy. And that's one of the biggest lessons that I have learned in this career is that some of the girls really will be just as Black as you, be very much Black women, and will use you, will exploit you. Or pretend like they care about you, pretend like they want to see you succeed. And the very second they will let you they, the, the very second that they can let you know that you are disposable and that you really don't have that much value. And that at the end of the day, this is their show and you're just one of the monkeys making the show continue to go. They're gonna let you know that. And I'm not even gonna get into it because you know, she's a very legendary journalist and you know, she's phenomenal in the work that she's done, her career, incredible. But at the end of the day, like when a white woman called her on the phone and was crying because I didn't have my Zoom camera on, she called me on the phone at eight o'clock in the morning yelling at me. And that was what I got. The other girls got cuss words and some more stuff that we won't speak on. But that's what I got. See, this, this is my issue. And maybe this is just a me thing, but that's that is something that I really thought about my personality going into journalism because I don't even too much play that shit. Girl, do not call my phone cussing at me, bitch. You will see a hole in the side of me pop out real quick. Like I I will say fuck this job. And that's really? something that always raised me to be. She's very much a hop off the porch type of bitch, and I'm very much that bitch junior. So that's stuff like that. Very bulls of my blood. Like, girl, excuse you. Do you pay bills on this phone? And people in journalism feel like because they know that we aspire to be where they are that we will acquiesce to all the bullshit that they give us. Bright idea, wrong bitch. And I, I quit the exact same day. The exact same day she called me on that phone, I quit that exact same day because, like you said, so many people in this industry feel like being treated like shit comes with the territory, comes with the position, comes with the title. This is what you signed up for. Let me tell you something, baby. I am from 904 Duval County. No, I was I just like that girl. Wrong girl. I'm I'll be telling folks because my parents, you know, I, I'm so tired of this. Pull yourself by the bootstraps and take any damn thing just to be successful. Oh, you, I, I'll tell people what's up. I am not going to go to your editorial intern if I'm getting your fucking coffee. Bitch, you got legs. Go get your own fucking coffee. I, I am not Jeffrey. This is not the fucking fresh print. You want something to drink? You no, ain't. Because first of all, I'm from, I'm from, I'm not from Atlanta. People think I'm from Atlanta. No, I'm from outside of Atlanta. So we even crazier. We don't play that shit. I'm not the maid. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not none of that. 
So you tell me editorial intern, I said, we're going to be writing. We're going to be learning how to do things. We're going to learn SEO. We're going to learn, um, I don't know, captions for social media. We're going to learn things. I'm not getting your coffee. I'm not your airboard. If you didn't have money to pay for an assistant, just say that. Because it ain't me. And I will quit. I don't care. Not talk to me any kind of way. I don't care if you are. We're all adults. First of all, I'm 21. We're all adults. And you're talking to me like this because you don't want to pay someone for 30 hours worth of work? Do you get me to come up in here? Oh, you you must have thought I was going to ask for no money. No, I'm the real, I'm, 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 I am the head girl of asking folks for these money. I am the head. Uh, open your, open your wallet. I asked my own parents, what a bag at? So I, I'm about to ask you the same thing. What a bag at? I'm about to have, I'm the gross sister. I like my hand out like this all day. And don't if, care. if I'm not getting paid, I don't care. If I'm not getting paid, no. The answer is no. You haven't talked no budget. You haven't talked no payroll. You haven't talked no bi-weekly pay, weekly pay, monthly stipend. What would JT say if it's not about a bag, I'll cover my ears. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I'm too old. I'm too old to be getting someone's coffee. You can get that to a freshman who hasn't wrote an article in their life, probably. But I, I done wrote so few articles, so you're not finna undercut me coming in because you don't know me. That's why you done messed up. You don't know me. You didn't really read my resume for real. You know, I can tell when these places don't read people's resumes. I love my school, but when we had, it was a dinner and learn for people who worked for Tyler Perry Studios. Those people started out getting food and things. I said, where's the caterer? Why are you getting the food? Where's the caterer? Where's one thing about it, my ancestors were free well a while, well <laughs> over a couple of years. What we won't do, we may be in mental shackles, the government may be still having us in some chains, but I ain't never gonna be nobody um, maid or butler. Mm-mm. No, do I look like, like an errand girl? And it was so sad to see these people kind of like, oh yeah, I came to his production because he liked the way I got food. Why are you getting food if you went to Clark Atlanta for four years in film and you've been production assistant for all these folks all around Atlanta and then you get to Taipei, he want to make you go get food? Disrespectful. You should feel disrespected. The fact that you took the job just shows me how we really worship this pull yourself about the bootstraps mentality and work up and take bullshit. The, the, I, t- I told someone older than me, I said, these new kids ain't going to do that. I said, you're going to make an internship. You have to get people stipend. Not no 500, mm-hmm. not, no, not, no, not no 600, a thousand minimum. You, you yeah, I don't understand work. how they think somebody can work for them and live and your stipend's going to be $500 for the time. Girl, kiss for my ass. A week. That better be, that be, that be, that be pay. Keep fucking with me. That better be what you pay. Because I ain't about to. Like, do y'all understand how much been eating? Like, girl. And they want to kiss my ass. This also gets me. They wonder why people don't put in full-time. Well, you don't put your full-time. Bitch, they got to go to work because you ain't paying them. They over here working 30 plus hours and you wonder why stuff turn in like they not showing up to me. You bring up a good point. It's a privilege. It's literally a privilege to be able to deny things. And that's what we talked about. It's literally a privilege to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to pick up this third job. I can survive for this month. Because a lot of times we like conflate hustle culture with surviving. Like hustle culture is literally like thriving only because we're running on a survival mentality. And that's really like a thing that I've said to myself and said, you know what? I'm so privileged to be in a space as a college student that I don't have massive adult bills. Like my bills is very much adult. They're very much big girl, 18 year old, just left the house bills. But like still, like for me to ever say, I can, I think I can decline this freelance opportunity for my mental bandwidth. Not everybody has that. 
And that's a privilege that I think sometimes mm-hmm. that I have to make sure I check myself and say, okay, girl, you might not have white privilege, but you got a little bit, a little something, something. I see people every day like us who are very talented, but since they don't have parents taking care of grocery expenses and right. all they have to worry about is just their rent and that's it, you know, rent and then a few monthly subscription bills that mm-hmm. equal up to about 150. That's not a lot compared to actually living in real life. So when I see people getting that, like, oh, she doesn't show up to the meeting, she doesn't do this, but it's her work good. People start paying her so she can give y'all full-time commitment because y'all not giving her full-time pay. And she ain't gonna fuck around with y'all and lose her damn job. And now her ass is down the street. She ain't got no Wi-Fi to give y'all the articles that y'all need to give. She ain't got no Wi-Fi to really get on the calls because, no, some people are really out here breaking their necks to make these internships work, but they actually them, they also have a real life to maintain, which is eating, living, cars. Those things aren't cheap. And so when you mm-hmm. have people driving to you, talk some transportation needed. Okay, well, you need to pay for it. You need to up up the pay so they can cover the Ubers back and forth because everybody ain't got no car. So now you're limiting the job school who only have cars. You're cutting out talent because you're too cheap to pay for cover people's expenses. Well, I will say this. Um, anytime somebody does not want to pay, they can definitely cut me out, count me out, everything. Don't read my resume. If you are not paying me, okay. unless I like, if it's nonprofit, you know, my homegirls, all that, you ain't got to pay me. I ain't Hollywood. But if you're a corporation that has the budget to pay someone else, specifically white people, and you refuse to pay me, you can definitely count me out. Don't even read my resume. Don't reply. I'm fine. I'm good. I promise you. I got cussed out one time. It was an old internship. It was back in October of 20. Y'all make my hair hurt, God. Please, please spare me, Lord. Please. And this is what happened. So, girl, it's gonna, they're gonna try you once. They're gonna try you. And the thing is, though, like, long story short, I was doing something for her. Mind you, I was just like an assistant and I was in PR. Now, I think PR is a good field, but these folks talk to you any kind of way because their name on it. Now, mind you, you also get blamed for stuff that mistakes that they do. So she made a mistake by giving the client the wrong address. So she said, I'm going to just say that you did it. I said, why would you say that I did it? I just got here. But it's like, they don't know that though. And like, it'll just look better if like, you know, you just apologize, come with this fake apology. All the way, hell the fuck not. I said, you don't get the wrong address because your ass sat here and fat fingered your damn phone. They ain't got my fucking problem. I wanted to say that, but also too, I was in the mix of like, no, you know. But I got to the point where it's just, I was getting hoed every time. Like I had no set days of work. She would just call me like, hey, let's go. We gotta go do this, this, and this. No schedule whatsoever, nothing in mind. She literally took advantage of me. And she was like, I'm gonna just pay you 15 an hour. That's cool, that's whatever. And she would pick me up and things like that, which was not a problem. It was just how she talks to people. The internship would have been a great internship to learn about the PR world. Cause I'm a big person on learning about all parts of media because one day, you know, you want to have your own shit, you got to learn how to run the whole damn thing from the lights down to the stage. That's how I am. But the internship could have been great if she had a better attitude about how she leads people. Because I looked at leadership differently. How you lead people determines the type of person you are and also what type of business you're going to have. You can't be talking to the people that work for you crazy. You can't. You have to also be invested in their lives as much as they're invested in yours because this business that you want to make work, this dream you want to make work, this is part of your life and these folks, these folks is invested. They don't even know you for real. They're not, and they have to also match your energy as well, like your passion. And they don't know nothing about nothing. They know what you gave them. So you have to treat these people with respect. The fact that they're respecting your dream, 
your vision, everything as artists, because respect is a very high value thing as an artist. I don't care about being liked, I care about being respected. And it was to the point where I was getting like, she, she, she was trying to terminate me because she's like, you didn't do paperwork. I said, well, you never sent me the paperwork. And she had a problem. She got all smart and like, and you know, and she's an older person as well. So, you know, they think they can just talk to you in kind of way, call you out your name, all this other stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. Out your name? <laughs> yes. Yeah, out your yeah. name. And so I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I said, you didn't see the door. She said, you should have emailed it to yourself. I said, first of all, why do I have to email my own paperwork? I said, this is your business. Look, girl, the, we would have stopped at the calling us out our names because my mama named me a diamond. And that's the only day you are allowed to call. <laughs> Would I get your ass whooped? Hey, <laughs> it ended really badly because I had to end up calling on the phone. Was like, so I sent my resignation in because also what made me really angry was how she talked to this gay man in the drive-thru, gay black man. Mm. Called him. A, yes, she did. I didn't believe it because she he did not get the shakes there on time for her. That's a good thing that you just brought up because one thing that I was, when she asked like a lesson that I learned is about having a workspace that literally cultivates you. And I am no homophobia, no microaggression, any, any type of aggression against any marginalized groups. That's not like happening in my workspace. So like what you said about being spoken to some type of way and, 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 and no, speaking to other people, no, no, that's horrible. It, it it's not okay. I, I I didn't look at her in that light. I looked at her as a very successful black woman in Atlanta who is, you know, she works when she wants to. She's making things work and happen for people. She really cares about the community. But when I hear you talk to a gay man in the drive-thru like that, and I'm sitting beside you in the car, so this gay man sees Girl, me. that's my face car. Right, that's my face. And also, you keep bringing up, she was one of those people that she would like, something wasn't going her actual way, any type of inconvenience. She wanted to be like, bring up her title, bring up, oh, I know this and this. She knew a lot of political people within Atlanta. She's like, oh, I know this and this. I'm going to call them right now because you're not going to do this. It's like, girl, these folks are trying to do their job. And what happened was that the reason why it took so long is because they were on break and they had no one to cover their breaks. We're waiting because they're taking their break because you know how fast it works. A lot of people, if they don't show up, when you take your break, that stuff just run as is. Those people is doing a strike just now. Girl, them people is leaving them fast food jobs. They is not playing with the corporations right. at all. So we, they should. And it's a whole pandemic still. So like corporations are had a lot of workers. And you think that she would know that if she as intelligent as she passed herself off. No, she didn't care about none of that. She was an actual, she's an actual brat. You know how brats we see them at our age, they never change. They'll mm -hmm. be 60-year-old brats who honestly are just horrible to be around. And the fact that I just saw how she acted when you go to restaurants and things and sit down and have um lunch meetings. The waitress will honestly like go through hell. And the fact that some of her clients were like, oh, Miss Wood, I did it, like, are you okay? She's a trip. How do you deal with this? If people are asking me that and the clients are realizing that, as I'm over here picking up bags and carrying all these bags to the set, and they're like, oh, Miss Wood, like, you in for a ride. And like, they're just like, and they can notice that, like, bro, you're being treated like a fucking pastor. And they can't say anything because, like, I get it. None of your business. Girl, they need to make a reality TV show on this because this blew <laughs> my, my mind. Reality TV show, it's just the fact of like when you sign NDAs and stuff, you can't. That's the you only can't thing. Speak like, on I can't it. the name of the lady or the business. That's why I can't sign an NDA because I am going to disclose at any time. <laughs> I am going to disclose. I can't disclose the client. I can tell, I can say the business and the lady's name right now. And it, but at the same time, please don't. I don't want her to sue me. 
But like yeah, I don't like a white not woman. Because I've been I've been co no, I ain't gonna say it. I ain't gonna say it right now. Like I, honestly, like I really will have a tell-all book about my journey in this industry because I was only like 19, 20 dealing with shit like that. So like, you know, I was real, real young. I've done a lot of things that a lot of people my age haven't done in this industry, but at the same time, I don't take it as a bragging thing. I take it as like this shit was traumatic because what the fuck? Like, and you know, I I I really like my parents were like just my mom was like just deal with the da, 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 like so you find something else and it was like girl I don't care about finding shit else baby my mom was the main one we would have been fine I would have been DoorDash and Uber Eats about five years gig those are always available fast food jobs are always in retail jobs are always in I would not be dealing with nobody cussing at me every day oh mm. I went to Walmart right after that and honestly. <laughs> I wasn't proud of going to Walmart, but at the same time, it's like, okay, whatever. Like, I didn't really got to talk to me. The the work environment was much better. It was sad as if I was like, damn, I'll get a much better work environment at a fucking Walmart. What you about to say? I'm passionate about because bitches want to get an attitude about some shit. And they don't even know me. You want to get an attitude? I'll show you attitude. But I before I let myself, before I exerted energy on her, I was like, you know what? Let me just apply back to Walmart. Mm. That was my first ever job with being a cashier. I said, let me go back to this place. They treated me well. They got new managers. I met them. They treat me well. They they gave me the stuff, the hours I wanted. I said, I might just have to take this right now. And then I was like, you know what? I might go to service. The tips is there. And, you know, I've bounced around from a lot of small jobs or, you know, jobs that people usually don't want to take. But in that end, I learned that, like, I really do appreciate work environments because there I felt like I could communicate, hey, I won't be able to show up today for this, this, and this reasons. And those reasons were seen, felt, and her, it was no arguing back and forth. Why I couldn't show up to X, Y, Z, and they didn't talk to me crazy because I'm gonna call fucking human resources and keep on. And y'all ain't gonna have no. <laughs> it was much more guidelines on how to do things, and I realized that sometimes media be lacking them guidelines because that's why that shit mm-hmm. be going on. HR, arbitrary standards. Ain't no, ain't no HR, and and you know your friends can keep keep with you and be like. Yeah, we saw you talk to that girl crazy, but we ain't gonna say nothing. Well, and I and I appreciate sometimes having an actual job with a payroll bi-weekly because they can't they're not gonna do that. And they won't. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you report it, they ass is out of a job. So but everybody through lose their fucking job because they wanna talk to somebody crazy. But it really it's a different world. It's kind of either be eating and they gonna talk to you crazy because they feel as though they have to. They feel as though they have to, or they just have a power trip mentality. It's like, girl, no, not me. Mia, I hope I pray to the gods that you do not have to experience that because Girl, you pray to the gods. We all pray to the gods. <sighs> Literally, like I don't even too much play that shit. I'm I guess I've, I, my mama, she always taught me that she handled grown folk shit. And I just feel like until I'm 50, she's still gonna be the grown folk in my house. So I'm gonna go home on your ass, like, who the hell are you talking to? I don't believe in disrespect. I'm a big like respect person, especially like hearing last year when talking like some of our favorite publications, they were like some of the workers were unionizing, like they were having reports of saying that editors wouldn't let them go to the bathroom. Are we are we still in are we in school where we have to ask, can I use the bathroom? And the teacher be like, may you or some shit like that? Like, I'm getting my ass up. And so I think so often they try to belittle people and I always make sure that I let them know, like, you're not going to do that. But uh, luckily I've had amazing experience with every single person that I've met in the industry, especially since me, like I kind of came in, I was a little hesitant. I'm not a big networker. I don't know. Just the Instagram vibes don't really be given authentic. And then everybody be just so happy and using all the explanation points. It just be like, 
what's the real tea? Like, some of y'all got to be mean. Some of y'all got to be a mean bitch. Like, I can't be shocked. Yeah. So everybody that I have come in contact with have been amazing. But if I do have those issues, it's it's a wrap. Girl, and just honestly, tell me. I'll be on the way. No, I'm going to tell you right now. You better go in knowing what you want to do. Because I hate to say, some people are going into these internships just so happy that they had an internship but not thinking about afterwards. Okay, so what's y'all's pipeline like? Y'all hire y'all intern. Also, if y'all can't, if y'all do y'all have other places in mind where I could work and recommend me? Let's start that process. Folks don't folks be so excited to get their internship and they asses and once the internship over with, they asses ain't doing nothing else no more. They didn't plug themselves in. It's like, oh, okay, so do you have a pipeline? I wanna I like working here, I like interning here. Can I continue to work here with y'all to be a pay? Or if y'all can't pay me, if y'all don't have a pipeline, can you put me to someone else that does because you know them and you know me, you know I do good work. You're not going to recommend nobody who's going to have less work. So recommend me. You know, give me, you friends with a bunch of other editors because all these editors be friends. So you can, don't mm-hmm. act like just because they competition ain't going to put you over there. Now they have to put you over there because you do good work and it might fit into your beats. Simple. So it's really just a question of asking like, hey, what happens after this? But see, I don't know because I definitely... The internship that I was in, I will say, I did not come into it with that energy. Yes, I was on some, I'm just happy to be here. But no. I will say yeah. that, like, as as entry-level people, like, unfortunately, girl, sometimes you just got, you do have to do things to just get your foot in the door. Now, that's not saying you got to stay there for long. That ain't saying you got to let it sizzle and marinate. That's just saying you have to get into the door. But when you do get into that door, it is very, very, very important for you to take heed and pay attention and check in with yourself. Because like one of y'all said, it literally goes down to the fact that people will just talk to you crazy because they do not value you. They feel like you are disposable. They feel like they can fire you and hire somebody that will do exactly what you're going to do. And one thing about it, baby, rebellious counter, there's not ever going to be another one of me. You, you will never find another girl. You won't. And that's not that's not on some cocky. That's just because of who I am. Like one, I'm a whole human. Like I there's only one of me on this earth. So talk to me like I'm a human. Respect me. Give me compassion. Give talk to me like I am a human being. But the girls like talk to you like you are a preschooler. And baby, one thing about it, it's not really given that. Like you you have to look at me. And understand that I'm a human or else I'm going to get out of here. And they that's, think that just, who can just mass produce things for them. And so that when they be thinking that, you have to constantly remind them. Like, And that's what I think also going into your jobs with transparency with whoever your higher ups are. Um, like I have taken away like feeling humiliated about being vulnerable. And so like I tell my editor now I'm having a horrible day today. I may not push out things as fast because I'm battling with XYZ. You don't have to give her TMI, but just a little heads up so that she knows. And that also reiterates that you're still a human being that battles things. Because I felt like so often when I was pushing things out, I was like, hey, yes, I can do this. I can definitely do that. Perfect. I'll just make sure I fit that into my schedule. I'll check my schedule for you. And doing all these things and always being the goody two-shoes person, they never thought that I was having a bad day like anybody else. And I felt like, dang, when I do have a, you know, when I literally, when I was just taking a day off, I was like, dang, you done fell off, girl. I done took a week off. Oh, girl, you never get back into business, girl. They finna, you're behind right on out of here. But it's not that. Like, literally, it was just the idea that I put on myself because I wasn't being transparent and vulnerable. Every episode, I choose a Black girl. 
who I want to give kudos, who I think is out here doing her shit. And this week, shout out goes to somebody who similarly expressed that sentiment on one of my favorite podcasts, Black Girl Podcast. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the girls. Love y'all. Love um, y'all. Gia Peppers. So Gia Peppers is an award-winning on-air talent, entertainment journalist, content creator, and podcaster who is most known for her Radio 1 program, More Than That with Gia Peppers, and as one-fifth of Black Girl Pod. Similarly, she has posted three digital series. She has hosted three digital series, BET's Black Coffee alongside Mark Lamont Hill and Jameer Pond, and the Oval Network alongside Taylor Rooks, as well as VH1's Black Girl Beauty. Now, as a Washington, D.C. native, Gia continues to carve out ways to balance life as a creative entrepreneur and a journalist. She has also launched an original interview series on YouTube titled Give You the Game, where she has inspiring conversations with impactful leaders like Debbie Allen, Erica Campbell, Sarah Jakes Roberts, and more. As an on-screen contributor, Gia has featured on Entertainment Tonight and NBC's Today Show numerous times. Now, you can follow Gia Peppers on Instagram and Twitter at Gia Peppers. That is G-I-A-P-E-P-P-E-R-S on Instagram and Twitter and just show her love because the girls really do be going through it and depression is real. And when people are honest about how they feel and what's going on with them, just give love. Rally around it's, them. It's not that hard. She be doing and it. speaking of that, I love y'all. And I'm so grateful <laughs> for both of y'all. I appreciate both of you for this time. Y'all could have been doing anything. But y'all wanted to talk to me. And me, I'm like, oh, So I'm, I'm just grateful for y'all. And I thank y'all both. I really love y'all. We love oh, you more. I always love you so, so much. And I'm proud of everything that you're doing. Listen to Black Women. I'm always going to plug you whenever I hear about somebody doing a podcast. I don't care if I'm on the side of the street. Y'all better listen to Black Women. Okay, put it on. You can put it on your phone. You can put it on your computer. You can put it on your laptop. You can put it on the screen. They got the iPhone, Apple TVs, all that. Every single device in the household, Alexa, all that need to have. Listen to Black women on it because we love listening to our favorite Black woman, Kiki. Kiana. No, look, when you sent me the message, I was just like, oh, look, let's go. Let's go. I said, I'm right I'm on vacation, but let's go. Because, like, I mean, this is word. I love talking to people, and now we've been on each other's stuff. So, like, I honestly, it was like, okay, it's time. It's time for me to go back into the podcast world and just get back on somebody else's soul. Talking about something mm. meaningful. And this, this was perfect because, you know, this is my first actual, like, vacation I've ever taken on my own without someone telling me, let's go on vacation. I like, know, like, I took a vacation. And it was. It was just time, and I, to, for me to talk about that. Look, like I said, like she said, like I'll be ready. I'm like, oh, new article, you go, you go read, because it's just it's needed. Like putting out content with no type of knowledge of the end result. It's such a brave thing to do because you don't know what gonna happen. You don't know who gonna look at it, who gonna see it, and the fact that you do it and you do it on your own terms to make sure that it's of quality. I think it's something that people need to see because. Having a schedule is great, but like put that shit out when you want to put that shit out. Because if it ain't good, it ain't good. Don't put that shit out. And I think that I love that for you because some, everybody wants to do a schedule. Everybody wants to do a schedule. Schedule, schedule, schedule. No, fuck that. You want to put that shit out now? Put it out now. If it's good, if it's ready for you, and you're ready to release it, because it's a lot of emotional tie to it, like putting out mm-hmm. your own stuff. And if you mm-hmm. don't feel, if you feel away about it, like mm, I ain't like it. Don't put that shit out. Like I, lo- I just love that you do that for yourself. I wish that for both of y'all. I wish both of y'all nothing but success, love, peace, happiness, all of that. But I also want all the girls 
to focus on their mental health. Both of y'all are working girls. Both of you are incredibly talented. And I just want y'all to know that you do not have to overwork. You do not have to take everything. You do not have to do none of that. Me a diamond, you the shit. Me, me, Nava, you the shit. And that's period. And that's Black Girl Mantor. Yes. (laughs) I love y'all. Bye, y'all.